everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and today I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Miss Dion Dean. Hello, my darling. How are you? <laughs> so, Lori has this week off from recording because it's her anniversary. So, happy anniversary, Lori. Happy anniversary, and I'm so upset that I'm not here with you, or that you're not here with us, I should I know. say. I know, we miss you, but we'll we'll plan something for the three of us to, to chat. But even though Lori's not here, I'm still so excited to have you here and talk to you. Uh, you guys, Dion is the fashion queen. She knows luxury, she knows style, she knows colors, she knows it all, and I can't wait for you guys to get to know her like I know her. Welcome to the podcast, Dion. Thank you, my darling. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Excited to talk to you guys. I'm I'm a I'm a huge I, everybody, you know, when I get on the things like this, people are like, oh my God, I'm a fan, but I am a fan of you and Laura. So I'm just honored when you, you know, reached out. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Yes, I'll put on an eyebrow and a lash. And then he said, let's stop video. And I was like, okay, no. You don't need to do any of that for us. Usually, like Laura, this is me and Laura all the time. You guys can't see us, but like we're just it's pajama time. It's pajama time. These are gorgeous. The skin is beautiful. Girl, God, they, this needs to be a video. Thank you. Thank you. So, Dion, some people are listening and they have no idea who you are. They're like, who is Dion Dean? I know who Dion Dean is, but they don't know who you are. So why don't you tell me yeah. about yourselves? And it doesn't have to be reseller related. It could be non-reseller related. So whatever you want to share with the world. Well, let's see. It all began on a, was it snowing? My parents didn't say if it was snowing or not, but a beautiful day in London, England. Beautiful little girl was born. Um, I was born in London. My parents are Jamaican, moved to South Florida when I was nine. And I'm, I'm, I'll let you in to why I'm saying all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, moved to South Florida when I was nine. Long story short, I had a just a love for behind the scenes of fashion. I used to watch um, Lauren Azurski, uh, Behind the Velvet Rope, if you guys remember style.com and all those type of things. Um, and I would like do my girlfriend's nails and like middle school, like not braid hair, but like curl hair. And I was the queen of the wing eyeliner in sixth grade. And so, <laughs> you know, I was, you know, working at Winn-Dixie, working at Dollar Tree. And finally, my dad, being the strict Jamaican that he was, decided he wanted me to have a trade. My dad was a plumber by trade, and he always lived. He wanted me to go to college, but his words to me or his thoughts for me, I'm his only child. He, he always said he never wanted me to be in a situation where I couldn't take care of myself. So when he saw the beauty and the nails and all that stuff, um, he's like, you know what? We're going to send you to, to nail school. We're going to send you, send you to beauty school. You decide if you want to do hair, nails, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, I had like nails, like three inch nails out to here. So I was like, yes, I need to learn how to do nails. <laughs> so I did that. And, um, you know, I didn't know, although I'd watched fashion shows and things like that, I didn't know how you got into that world. I didn't know. I knew that if, you know, my mom, used to sew and do my like Sunday school dresses and stuff like that. But I didn't necessarily make the connection of how you would go and do this and the other. 
And um, again, my dad, <laughs> his, his education self was just like, okay, so you're going to go to college and I don't know what you're going to go for. And I'm blessed in that, you know, most Caribbean parents and African parents want their children to be a nurse or a doctor or a lawyer. And my dad just wanted me to be able to take care of myself. So he's like, I don't know what you're going to do, but you're going to go to college and find out how to do it. So I met with my guidance counselor and she said, well, there's this thing called fashion merchandising. And I looked it up and I knew that everybody went to Parsons. And when you watched all these shows, everybody went to Parsons. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to go to Parsons. Uh, that thing, that degree, I think was like $28,000. <laughs> My dad said, you're going to Florida State. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> so I went to Florida State, got my undergrad. Um, and clothing, textiles, and merchandising, and I was an assistant buyer for, which is anybody that's up in the uh, Midwest or in Georgia, I was an assistant buyer in women's shoes, hence why I love shoes, um, for Riches, Lazarus, Goldsmiths, and was there for two years. I was just like, I hate the buying office. Anybody that's been in the buying office knows, you know, as an assistant buyer, it's your job to prep your buyer for market, and I hated it. I hated Monday morning. I, I, I loved the let me not say I hated it. The parts I love were not the main parts of the job. Right. Right. The creating of the Excel spreadsheets, eh. running the sales reports, meh. But the creative process and the forecasting and trying to, I know your kitty is so cute. I'm gonna grab her. Is it a, is it a he or a she? And he and he's distracting, so he's leaving. No, he's not. He's so cute. Oh my gosh. Um her kitty just came and I just want to grab him. So she's like putting to those of you because you guys can't see. Um, interrupt. <laughs> no, 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 no. Welcome distraction. Um, so I decided to leave there and eventually ended up to, you know, just not taking a gap year because my dad was like, I don't know what, what you're talking about, this gap. We don't do that. We don't do gap years. <laughs> <laughs> you're to do. So when I when I left Ridges Lazarus Goldsmith, I was like, you know what, let me just go back into the world that I know. So my girlfriend got me a job as a promotional consultant with Clinique. Um, and after doing that, I was like, you know what? I think I want to do education because I was doing some um, volunteer work with women in distress. That led me to do a year as an AmeriCorps VISTA in Chicago. I decided I wanted to do Chicago. I don't, I've don't. i always had a love for Chicago. So did that, ended up loving it, decided to get my master's in ed policy. If anybody, all of my Chicagoans, you guys know, you know, Chicago is an education city. It's just where, you know, if you're going to do education, Chicago is where you want to cut your teeth, mm -hmm. your hind teeth. So I um, got my master's in ed policy. <sighs> After that, ended up in back home, then in Dallas. And then Dallas is where Dion Dean, I'm going to say that's where that really kicked off. I was doing so much networking and getting involved. And I ended up being the beauty and style expert for Good Morning Texas. But they wouldn't let me do thrift stuff. So I'm like, well, where can y'all was always pitching? You know, the producers have to pitch shows and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, well, I want to talk about thrift because I love thrift. So YouTube was just starting off. And I was like, okay, well, my business, business coach at that time actually said, Dion, you need to be on camera. People need to see you. And I was like, mm, okay. Started a YouTube channel. Did not know what I was doing. If anybody remembers my first video, there's anybody here that follows me. My first video really came out of an argument. I had so much makeup. My husband's like, you need to find a place to store this stuff or I'm throwing it out. And I went to Goodwill, <laughs> got some stuff. Baby, and you know I got the makeup, okay? And I just got these little containers to put my lipstick in and just did a video. And then like, a, I don't know how long, maybe like two months later, it's like, this thing so they have 500 subscribers. And my husband's like, 
yeah, it's 500 people. I was like, 500 people watch my video. I was like, oh, Suki, Suki, now I got right. an audience. Um, and then that's how that that's how that came to be. But reselling, the reason why I bring up um, being born in England and growing up in South Florida is I have so many different styles that come out at me at so many different times. And so reselling came about because I was an assistant buyer um, with um, with Macy South is what they ended up calling it. Um, I had access to so many different styles before they came out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, I was doing nails. Okay. So I had money of my own. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was shopping at Saks at 17 years old, 18 years old, 19 years old. Well, when I got to Atlanta, I don't know if I just lost my mind, but I racked up a Saks bill. (laughs) And I was like, I cannot call my father and ask him to help with this. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to sell stuff. And it was 2001. I will always remember I, there was this, these pointed toe Steve Madden boots and I put them on eBay and they sold. And that was it. Mm. Mm-hmm. That was it. I was like, I can make money off of things that I don't want anymore. And that was it. And so because I had such different tastes, like I was just selling so many, just, so it would be shoes, it'd be a vintage this, it'd be a purse, it would be, you know, I remember I was watching The Hills and, you know, at that time, I don't, I don't know if you remember, Lauren yes. had like the, the vintage, remember. <laughs> yes, remember that's when the vintage Gucci bags, like yeah. the clutch bags. Yeah. And so I remember I got one off of, um, eBay, but then I flipped it. Oh my God. I was, uh, I was an eBay maven um and so having that background when i got to chicago oh one big thing when and i had my daughter i decided i wanted to i wanted not necessarily to be a stay-at-home mom but a stay-at-home mom i was just like i you know we had had a miscarriage and then having her i was like i, I fought to have this baby i'm not going to just be giving her off to daycare yeah. so my husband's like all right well you know do ebay do i wasn't doing poshmark at that time i was just doing ebay and he's like well do ebay and you know figure it out and just make sure (laughs) that we have a certain amount of money. So from that, I was like, okay, well, what else can I do? Because that's, and that's the reason why I, I, these full-time resellers, it is work. Mm -hmm. It is, I don't know how people just decide they're going to re. I, I I jumped, I jumped into it because I had to, it is work. And I was like, this is too hard for me. I need to figure out another way (laughs) to bring it income I was like there are piles of clothes because then I mean Dallas has some of the best thrifting like dollar days and I mean you can thrift in Dallas but I could not list for anything I after like 20 minutes I was like it's too much for me friend it's too much you know I've listed five I'm done for the day that's it (laughs) that's me I did yeah, my five for the day. I'm good. Laying down I now. Listen, where's my thousand dollars a month? <laughs> <laughs> I've listed five. I want a thousand dollars. Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> and so yeah. from that, I was like, okay, so I have to figure out another way to like bring in income. And um, I don't know. I think because I, you know, I had my master's and was always on higheredcom or higher ed jobs. Mm-hmm. And I looked at, I don't know how I got to look at faculty or maybe I just put in like fashion merchandising and indeed. And I saw that there were adjunct, adjunct professor positions open. And I was like, oh, I, hmm, I could teach. And I had the interview for Tarrant County as an um, adjunct professor. And they ended up giving me the entire department. So I taught fashion promotion, fashion marketing, retailing and merchandising, um, and one fashion styling. Did I say that already? Fashion promotion, oh. fashion styling, retailing, merchandising. I had the whole, the whole shebang. That's amazing. Um, and 
it, it, it is. And I was also, so I, you know, just had Riley, was teaching those classes and I was doing, um, I was a beauty and style expert for Good Morning Texas. Yeah. And it fit really well because I was able to bring my students, you know, they would see me on TV in the morning, but that's my professor, that's my professor. And really be able to give them the behind the scenes right. of how it's all done. Um, especially when it comes to branding and marketing and, you know, the audience size and catering to your audience. And I was able to kind of bring that all in. And I realized how much I loved that. I really loved the education piece. And because I had, you know, the undergrad in fashion, the master's in ed policy, my the way that I view education was not as like these blank states come blank slates coming in and I'm giving you all the information. No, I want to take everything that you have and let's create a product. Let's create a brand. Like you, you joined this program, this fashion program, because you had something in your mind. So how can we take everything that you're doing and build a business around it? And I think the institution really appreciated that. And they saw the students, you know, they were coming, they were like skipping class. They would come to my class and be like, why are all the seats filled? Like what's going on? I remember I went to, um, I don't remember what, I think it was like the English department or something. And they were just like, so you're a professor Dean. They're in here doing your work. I don't understand. I'm like, well, listen. <laughs> they like me. You know what as, it is, Dion? It's yeah. when a professor, because I can speak from experience. I had I had undergrad and master's. When yeah. I was in my undergraduate degree, I just went to my classes and I went through the motions. When I got into my master's degree and I was in my specialized field, I really paid attention and enjoyed the classes with the professor actually like took the things that we knew really wanted to get to know what it was that we wanted to do with our future in our field and use it give us the examples give us the tools there's something to be said about just educators in general that take that interest in students and as an educator as well when i taught the visually impaired i would ask my high school students specifically what is it that you want to do when you're done with school. Yeah. Do you want to go to a technical school? Do you want to try to go to a college? Or do you want to go into a trade school and gain the skills that you need for everyday life? Like what are the things that you want to do? Because not everyone wants to go to college. And when you're visually impaired, um, sometimes it's difficult to go to college depending on how bad your impairment is. So yeah. I mean, it can be done, but there are a lot of hurdles and there's there's a lot of things, right? There's cultural things that came into play too because I, um, I worked in an urban area. So there were a lot of cultural things that certain yeah. families didn't want the girls to go to college. Yep. That's just one of the things. That's so, huge, that's yeah. huge. Yeah. It is, it is. And um, you know, I think it's just important if you are an educator to just take that interest in students, so. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me that you did that. <laughs> <laughs> and I love my students because I, I, I was them. I was, and the thing about fashion, let's be real, okay, especially merchandising, they were buying offices prefer that you actually go the store route than the school route. Yeah. And so, you know, retail is a, is, a, is a profession that you don't necessarily need a degree for. Right. So if you're in my classroom, there has to be something that you're learning here that you cannot learn when you're in the store, when you're at a brick and mortar. And so I, you know, I took, I took that to heart. And so I, I gave them as much, and that means, and even before that, I was working on my doctor before I got to Dallas. I was, I'm all but dissertation in a um, higher ed degree, but that's, I'm not going back. So I don't even like to say, I don't even like to mention anymore because I feel my father from the grave saying, you should have finished your doctorate. Yeah. 
I'm like, no, I'm not finishing the doctorate. Um, and so I had all this theory, a lot of work. I had already done the classes, I, but I had all of this theoretical information on, on how students learn, especially in higher ed. And my focus was on um, students in art, arts and architecture. Mm. And, and how they learn about different majors within the arts, within architecture. So I had all of this understanding and knowledge and that's why I'm able to work with so many creatives now as you know, retail consultant, because I get it. As a, as a designer, you're only thinking about your design. You're not thinking about how am I gonna sell this design? How am I gonna market? Who's gonna wear this? That's the mm-hmm. conversation. We fight so much, me and my designers. Oh, I'm um, sure. <laughs> oh, honey, it's a battle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so reselling, you know, it's something that I've always enjoyed, but I've enjoyed it. And I will say that I've said this so many times on my YouTube channel. If you're looking to make like six figures, seven figures reselling, please don't come to my channel. I want to be don't that girl. Either. <laughs> I, I, want, I mean, oh my gosh, I cut my high teeth on Nicole State. She kept me listing, you know, like her, love her, hate her. I don't really care. She helped me make money in Chicago because she got me listing all these listing challenges. But honey, I could just watch from afar because I was like, like, twit, listen, you got 20 minutes for these five listings, okay? Because I, if I don't like it, if I don't, if I, you know, if I don't have an emotion to it, if it doesn't make me like, "Mm, yes, Mm -hmm. I'm not listening to it. I tried so hard, like the limited express and Navicar. I would just sit there just be like taking pictures. Oh my God, I can, I hate it. Anthropology, oh my gosh. I have nightmares about anthropology when it was hot. Free people. Oh my gosh. But um, yeah, so that's, and so I went from there when I, you know, my father ended up having kidney, stage five kidney renal failure. I don't remember the term. It's all like a blur at this point. Yeah, I um, but I got a, um, yeah, I know you totally understand. Um, my, I got the position as lead faculty for the fashion merchandising and retailing pro, uh, fashion and retailing program at Johnson and Wales University, North Miami, which is now no longer in operation. And so that was where I was really able to really grow as, as a professor and really like for real, for real faculty. And I started the grad, that's when I started the graduate degree program in merchandising because I wanted to make sure that what I was giving them was current. Yes, I want the degree. Yes, I want, you know, the clout. But for me, especially, and again, it really is because you don't need a degree to do retail. You don't need a degree to do fashion. It's one of those majors. God knows I love my degree, um, degrees. But you can go the store route and be just as, just as successful. As a, matter of people, as a matter of fact, the people who are the most successful, the Doug Stevens of the world and all these retail consultants, just come from stores. They have right. 15, 20, 25 years of experience in the buying office. And there's a DMM and GMM. And they've now come out and they're consulting, not a degree in there. And so I wanted to make sure that as I was preparing my lessons and getting, getting everything together, Riley's leaving me a note. Where's my husband oh, leaving me a note? Cute. Riley's a <laughs> for those who don't know. <laughs> Do you need me? Hold, please. The hubs wants to get a shirt out of the drawer. Hold on. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We will hold for you. Don't you worry. <laughs> He's going to go work out. Bless his soul as I sit here and eat chocolate and drink wine. <laughs> Good for him. I was just like, who is sliding a note under the door? God bless him. Um, but I, I, you know, I did that because I wanted my students to get the best and so I wanted to to stay current and that's how I did it but reselling has always and I actually got that job the president of the university when I got the job and I met with him or I think I may have met with him before the first thing he says was I love your YouTube videos and I was like huh I was like I didn't know that was yeah I was like that was they I guess they so people do google you guys when you're out there interviewing they google you and I was like, oh, and he's like, I love what you're doing with, you know, the buying and the thrifting and selling and okay. sustainability. Is that the, and I was like, you know, that, yes, that's one of my research interests, luxury um, and sustainability and consumer, because I love, like, my thing is consumer behavior. Yeah. Um, and so he was just like, oh, well, you know, our kids are grateful to have me. And I was like, oh, okay, well, but they Google you guys. They Google This you. is true. I work for they the state you. and they Google you on a daily basis. <laughs> You make sure you're not doing anything wrong. <laughs> you know, you got the job. They're like, mm-hmm. let's make sure. Let's check her OnlyFans. Let's That's put in exactly right. Daniela, mm-hmm. It's true. That's what they do every day. They Google you because I'll pop in. Like I'll get like notifications on LinkedIn that someone from state government has looked me up, and I'm like, you're not gonna find anything, friends. But have fun. Have no, fun. you know how to keep the secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I have a question for you. First of all, your background is so extensive and amazing. It's it's yeah. so interesting to hear how you've just developed over the over time and how fashion from the beginning played a part in it. And you just didn't see it in the beginning, and now, yeah. now you see what it is yeah. you really want to do. Um, I have two things. One, yeah. what direction do you think you're going to go in in the next five years? Because you do have clients that you work for. You work with designers. You do a lot of different uh-huh. things. You still teach, correct? Yeah, yeah. So and I actually got a job, a remote a remote teaching position um, with a school in Chicago. So I know all, I know once this comes out, all of my Chicago guys and girls, are you coming back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because I cry, I mean, I cried when I left Chicago, of course, I would never take that time away that my daughter had with my dad and that I got with my dad. But I cried when I tell you I cried. I walked the streets of Hyde Park and when I was about to say Wynwood, that's Miami, um, Woodlawn and Kenwood. And I was just like, oh, my God, I love my city. So, you know, when I got the position, my husband's like, mm, so we move. I was like, no, it's remote. It's remote. We're not moving. I'm not leaving the Fendi Cafe in the Dior Cafe, darling. Oh Winwood and okay. Design District have me. I know. Seriously, I'm so jealous when you post those pictures. <laughs> so um, five years from now, you know, 
I used to, you, for those of you that don't know, my father passed May of last year. And so it's put me in such a different mind space because I honestly don't know what I'm doing right now without him. Like, you know, I'm in therapy and I'm very open about being in therapy and just, I've always had my dad for 42 years. I had him, I'd never not had him. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I had a grasp on what life was when he was here. Um, So saying that five years from now, what I can foresee, I really like working with designers. I like the work that I'm doing with Denzel Paris, who's a young designer that I met when I was at uh, Johnson and Wales University, and that's who I'm currently working with, as well as some other retailers. But I really, I like sharing. I've when I was working on my education masters, I was working um, in in um, a high school because I always like to marry theory with practice. Right. I'm not one of those, and that's why you know. When I got the job at JWU, everybody, especially my chair, was really pushing for me to finish the doctorate and get on the like assistant professor, professor, um, assistant professor, associate professor, professor track, which would be great. But I like being an adjunct because I'm still able to be in these streets. And so I really like marrying the theory with the practice. And so I don't, you know, I used to, in my brain, could see myself full time as a professor. But now I really want to consult brands and work with brands, work with young designers, because I'm learning, especially with the pandemic, nobody knows what they're doing. And nobody knows, nobody's really studying, consu- not even studying consum- consumers, but it's like people are building brands and businesses in their head. And so, you know, the questions I'm always asking is like, okay, so who's, who's going to buy this? Right. And are you talking to them? And what are you saying? And I know you're in, I know in here you're talking about the customer, but are you talking to your customer? Are you talking to your subscribers? Are you, and I hate to say subscribers and followers. It's like, are you talking, I always say my girls or my guys, like when I get on social media, I'm really talking to them. That's why haters and all that. I don't like, yeah, not talking to you. So right. call me whatever. I'm not really talking to you. I mean, if you want to listen, but I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to my guys and my girl, like, exactly. why are you even here? Um, <laughs> So true. No shade, but you know, like you, you're not, I'm not talking to you. Yeah, if you don't like what I'm saying, I'm obviously not talking to you, right? Mm-hmm. Like my past, uh, my past used to say, a hit dog hollers the loudest. So if it's offending you, hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> the topic for the day. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, in five years, I, I, I really like that work that I'm doing. So that's where I've. I would be, but I think that the door is opening and this is for our, for the resellers that are out there that are really making Mm -hmm. a mark, you know, Gucci is now selling on the real wheel. Um, I think Stella McCartney is now selling on the real wheel. You know, there's so many, all these big brands are investing Mm -hmm. and, you know, Vestiaire Collective and Fashion Fashion File partnered with, or as part of Neiman Marcus Group. And if you are, if you're already in that world, then I would start to position myself as an expert so that when, the, you know, LVMH, I think I, oh my gosh. They was, just I, opened I up an they, enormous building in Paris. And they're getting into resale. They're going to start buying back. And I knew it was coming. I knew I because they're going to get their money three, four, five times. Why would they give that business? to the real real to the fashion trial no they're gonna sense. start saying they're gonna be like give us your bags 
and who's Alexander McQueen? That was that was okay. it. Where they're buying back their old. They're saying, hey, if you're an Alexander McQueen customer, we'll buy it back, and that money can go to another piece. That is the trend. That is what I'm seeing as a researcher, as a as a professor. That's what I'm reading about with sustainability and luxury and consumer behavior. So if you are somebody who has been in resale and has really made your mark, position yourself as a consultant so that when these brands do open up. You can be like, oh, I have, you know, 10 years, 15 years, five years. And yes, I've net, you know, 2 million, 4 million, 10 million over my career. Start to position yourselves because they're going to need people. They don't know. This yeah. is new. We sell is new. Consignment is new. And so they're, you know, that I, I see myself, I say, I say all that to say in the back of my mind with this merchandising grad certificate, I'm positioning myself so that when they do open up, mm-hmm. Oh, he's, he's an expert in blah, blah, blah. And her research is blah, blah, blah. Run me my check, honey. Exactly. It's so true, though. I think about this all the time because you know how Chanel and the Real Real have like, they have a little disagreement yeah. with them right now, okay? Mm-hmm. So they're fighting. They're not friends. And yeah. I always wonder, do you think Chanel will go down that route and do a buyback program? I don't know. No, no. Because Chanel is just, they hold themselves to such a standard as they should. But I just yeah. don't see them ever doing it like these other no. people. So this is the thing. And I'm, where's this book? Oh, it's actually by my back. So this is the latest book that I'm reading. I want everybody to get it. And I'm launching the um, I'm launching the Fashion Lab at some point this summer. And this is one of the books. I want to do a book club. It's called The Luxury Strategy, Break the Rules of Marketing to Build Luxury Brands. And so if I don't know if you know this or not, but Chanel is having another price increase at the end of this month. I think this is probably the fifth one since the pandemic. It's four or five now at this point. Yes. And they are cutting back production. So they're really going the direction of Hermes. Mm -hmm. And so they're doing that. And they know that we're going to be, my girlfriend actually um, called me like two weeks ago. She went and bought her trend, uh, trendy. And she's like, Dion, there was like 19 people in line. 19 people in line to spend $7,000 on a bag. And this was just, you know, this is supposing they want a bag. They could very well want, this was Mount Harbor. So it could have been ready to wear. It could have been whatever. They are positioning themselves like this, but it's all a marketing ploy mm-hmm. because even if, so let's put on our research hats. Okay. Let's, mm-hmm. let's think as consumers. If they price their bag at $7,000 and you go out and you get your bag or like, you know, I was planning to get my real, my real, real Chanel bag, but you know, they've priced me out. Even if I get my bag at the at Fashion File or the Real Real, or even if it's counterfeit, mm-hmm. I'm still pushing the Chanel brand, which is going to push people to want that bag at seven thousand dollars. So they're like, we don't care how we get it, we don't care how we get the clout, we don't care how we get the status. Wear the counterfeit, buy it on the Real Real, because at the end of the day, you're going to still want the seven thousand dollar bag. They're creating demand on a luxury brand. Yep. So it doesn't matter how, you know, if I wear whatever, if I wear my Antigona, if I wear one of my Vuitton bags, I'm advertising for that brand. They don't care how they get it. They don't care that I'm shopping the real wheel. They don't care because at the end of the day, it's still a Givenchy Antigona. And you're saying to your people that when you reach a certain spot, 
that this is the bag they need to have. So, I mean, them raising the price and cutting cutting supply, I'm like, okay, I see you. Because people are not, I, you know, we're in our heads, we're like, oh my gosh, I would never spend $7,000. Somebody is spending $7,000 right. on a bag that used to be $2,000. If I had the money, like money wasn't an issue, I'd be spending $7,000 on a bag at Chanel. Absolutely wouldn't even be a question in my brain. Like if I had the funds to do it, I would do it. I know. Couldn't I don't. be anything. I'd be with you. It'd be me in this in our sunglasses, in our big wigs. Like, girl, can't nobody see us. <laughs> exactly. Are you kidding? I'd be Chanel head to toe. Like that would be me. But it's just not, first of all, it's not practical for, for me yeah. everyday life. Yeah. I don't live the blogger mm -hmm. lifestyle. I don't, that's not me. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. But yeah. Um, the reason why I think people love Chanel so much is because it's associated with this prestige, like the Birkin yeah. bag. Yeah. Birkins were like the thing because beauty YouTubers carried them everywhere and it was, it was like Jeffree Star had 18 of them just sitting on his wall. Like, it's all of these prestigious people that we hold as prestigious, right? That market it and people want yeah. it and either we're going to buy it new and we're going to save mm -hmm. it to be like our big purchase or yeah. we're going to buy it on the real real or fashion file which by the way the real real now prices their chanel bags at astronomical levels that like it yes fashion file this time it says you might as well just wait and get it at the store yeah that's the price point mm -hmm. right now for a for a pre-owned chanel bag it can range from seven to fourteen thousand dollars just depends just depends. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that I want people to, and that's why I'm starting the lab because I want people to understand the part they play. Because if you're going to spend, and I, I say this on my channel, if any of you are here for my channel, you have heard it. You better know that you know, that you know, that you know this brand before you put thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. Because if some stranger on the street came and said, give me $7,000. You'd be like, um, officer, right? Yeah. But Chanel demands it. And you're like, here, take it. You better me. know. And the thing, it's so funny. The first, one of the first lessons in my, um, oh gosh, not visual class, probably retailing class. I put up, um, a PowerPoint and I have, a, uh, the Gucci, um, Gucci monogram bag, some kind of Gucci monogram. And I'm like, so what is this? Tell me about the bag and tell me why you like it. That's the bag. I love that bag. It's hot. It's this, it's that. And I'm like, what's, what makes it hot? What makes it fire? What makes it whatever? You know, it's, it's this and it's well-made and it's this and this. Okay. So then the next slide is a guest bag. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. It's got G's on it. <laughs> sure. Got G's. Has G buckle. Mm -hmm. G strap. It's G's. Mm -hmm. Oh, that bag is busted. It's this. Is it? But you just said that the G's and the logo and it's well made. This okay. This was made here. This was, but it's it's, it's the G's. And they're like, nah, nah, that's not the same. 
No, it is. It's a G logoed bag against a G logoed bag. And so we have, I finally had to explain, it's just the clout of it. Mm-hmm. It's just the marketing, the branding, and something in your brain says, this is luxury and this is not. This is worth, these Gs over here are worth $2,000. And these Gs over here are worth $50. So that's what I want to talk about, like in the lab, like let's get into the nuts and bolts because I find myself talking about it on YouTube. Yeah. And then I'm like, this is way too much. This is, this is not YouTube. YouTube is entertainment. This is class. This is class material, you know, but again, if you're going to spend, like I have a Birkin here. My girlfriend gave me one of her Birkins. I was like, you just give me one of them? When my father died, she was like, because she came, long story short, she came to my 40th birthday party. She had the bag on and I was like, oh, I was like drooling. Yeah. And then when my father passed, you know, she took me out to lunch and just like opened up her, she's like, come out with me. And I'm like, what is it? Opened up her trunk and she said, I can never replace your dad but the closest thing to it is this is what I can give you. And I was like, but I haven't worn it because it's, you know what? The same thing with the Chanel Jumbo, as much as it is, it's not comfortable. And neither is the Birkin. It's heavy. Yeah, the Birkin is heavy. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people are scared to go into these stores and try these bags. But if you tried it, you may not even like it. So you're spending Mm $7,000 on a bag that you may not even like. You'd be like, this crap. It's true. But let's also talk about, you kind of touched upon it, how, you know, Guess has G's, Gucci has G's, but let's talk about how some of these brands, these luxury mm. brands, actually the Guest bag could actually come from the same factory manufacturer exactly. as the luxury brand, because I don't know if people realize this, there's like, what is it, two or three overarching luxury brands at this point? Yep. Two or three. There's Karen Group, there's LVMH, there's Tapestry that does Coach, Kate Spade, Stuart Weitzman. Um, there's not uh, many more. Oh gosh, not Tapestry. Um, there's another one. Uh, there used to be on. the whole Capri. bunch of them. Capri. There's Capri Group, which is Michael Kors. Right. Uh, and, and, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not, there's not many. Mm-mm. There used to be a lot, right? They all used to be an independent entity. And then bigger luxury companies come in and they've bought them or designers I should say come in and bought them so your Mm -hmm. guest bag your um trying to think lucky brand all of these other things that you're seeing in tj maxx in marshall's in macy's they Mm -hmm. all come from the same place that's why the stitching the styles and the leather Mm -hmm. all look the same sometimes because it's the same bag it is just marketed differently that's all they're all they're all made in the same factory to even take it another notch, you know, I have my, my, I love Fendi. Fendi is the yeah. brand for me. Always has been. I'm Milanese in my brain. Fendi is just my number one, always, always has been. So the Fendi hoops that I wear mm-hmm. are the same as the Vuitton hoops because they're both made by LVMH. LVMH owns Fendi, LVMH owns Dior, LVMH owns, of course, Vuitton. So they're basically just making the same things with the different logos, different. That's why the Tweelies, Dior's Tweelies, they're all the same brand. And so you have to really, as the consumer, it's then if they're doing this and if they're making things in the same factories, you know, your Prada bag could be made right next to Talbot's or whatever. Don't hate on that. Banana Republic. Don't hate on it because you know I do love a Banana Republic or a J. Crew leather bag. Honey. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's our responsibility as consumers to say, hold on, 
Mm-hmm. I need to find out about this brand. Like right now I'm studying Dior. Dior is like where I am in my brain. Chanel is where I was last probably year. during the holidays last year. Yeah. Right. Because I always had a fascination with Karl Lagerfeld. Mm-hmm. And this, like, the, the, what, the reason why I say consumer behavior is what I study. I am... Like what makes a luxury brand a luxury brand? For those of you that are not familiar with Chanel, you know, Chanel was kind of bankrupt. It was kind of defunct after World War II. And in 19, was it 60, 60 something or 80 something? It's one of those years. Whenever Carl, no, 87. Yeah, because Carl Logan came on not, not too long ago mm-hmm. in terms of. Yeah, it was like, it was 1980s. It's not Don't, too long know. ago. It's the, it's the end of the night, darling. Um, and he turned the brand around. Mm-hmm. Chanel was dead. Like Chanel was yeah. a done, done brand. Like it was like nobody's buying Chanel. Mm-hmm. Then he came and revamped it and created what we see. So when we talk about Coco Chanel, it really is not Coco Chanel. It's Karl Lagerfeld. And so I was really obsessed with learning about him and his process. So last year, the end of last year, I just inhaled all the books and mm-hmm. YouTube and everything that I could find about him. Um, same with YSL. The reason why I'm so in love with, with Tom Ford is because I graduated in 01 and that was Tom Ford, John Galliano, um, McQueen was at Givenchy. That was like my time. But that being said, Gucci was defunct too. Gucci was like losing money. And then Tom Ford came in and totally changed the brand. So I'm so, I'm so like interested in how what shifts the narrative like Bottega right now is hot 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 I know. when Alessandro yeah it's like when we saw you know Alessandro McKaylee's at Gucci now and Gucci you know to 2015 flying out the doors what is it what is it within us that is drawn to these brands and what is what is the creative director doing mm-hmm. that we even as resellers because I say resellers should be researching researching this stuff too because reselling is retailing so what is Carl Lagerfeld doing? What did Tom Ford do? What did Alessandra McKaylee do? And how can we learn from that? Mm-hmm. You know, how can, you know, they ever, Carl Lagerfeld came in and he wanted to make it elitist. Point blank period. That was his, he was like, no, Chanel needs to be untouchable. It's too, it's too, it's too, and, you know, people can grasp it. It's like, nope. You know, Christian Dior was alive maybe like 10, 15 years of the brand. Then Stan Laurent is the one that really put, Dior on the map so that it just it it fascinates me people forget that we know the brand but the direct creative Mm -hmm. directors that come in bounce around to different brands all the time so you know Mm -hmm. you're hearing Dion talk about what it means Saint Laurent came in and they helped Dior because they're creative directors it's different it's not how we it's not Dior that's creating this it's a designer that's coming in and they're bringing this brand back to life and they're bringing Mm -hmm. their techniques and their expertise from whatever brand it was that they're that they were working with and bringing it now into a new brand and that's how that all you know works and just something as simple as we talked on the podcast um, a couple weeks ago about Halston and the Halston documentary and how fascinating it was to see how quickly you go from being the top yeah. to now yeah. you're nothing and another designer's coming in and taking over your brand and you're not a part of yeah. it anymore. And it's happening yeah. all the time. All yeah. the time. All the time. And that, the I loved that movie and I showed it <laughs> to like all my designers because it's he good. is the epitome of Tragic, the design. Just tragic. He, he only 
understood design. He yes. didn't understand retail at all, yes. which is why his his business fails. I mean, yes. true, true. Let me tell you something. When he was talking about just making the dresses like no muslin, like he was making it out of like straight silk, yep. all of my designers, all of that, you know, the one that I'm working with now, he, he was like, oh yeah, that's, I would do that. No understanding <laughs> of, of what business. the consumer needs and what the retailer wants, because at the end of the day, you're working yeah. for the retailer. If you're like, yeah. if you are like a Halstead, right. a Michael Kors, mm -hmm. you're mm -hmm. working for that retailer. So for Michael Kors, he's really, he was at one point exclusively only at Macy's, right? Like that's right. the only place he was at. That's who he worked yeah. for. So he had to produce and create and do things for that retailer. And that's the road that Halston ended up going down in order to make money and to grow and to help his investors and create yep. the brand that he had. He yeah. never lost the design vision, but he could never translate it to the retail world. Yeah, he, he couldn't grasp it. And he failed. He couldn't, grasp it. he couldn't grasp it. And the thing, what I got from that as well is stay in your lane. Yes. Like I know, you know, I joke about it all the time about not being able to really be a full-time reseller. I know my lane and I cannot be locked up in a room with clothing, listing, lighting. Like I need an erection. I need classroom. Yeah. Like being in a classroom is epic. Yeah. I know my lane. And so <clears throat> I think that the lesson from Halston especially the reseller side of me, because even now I'm still like, oh my gosh, if I just went to the bins, I really, I'll ponder it with my husband. If I just went to the bins every day this week and like, just went to the bins, came home and listed, went to the bins. Came, he's like, you would do that for two days. <laughs> I was like, no, it's I could do it for a week. I could do it for a week. I could do it. He's like, two days. And after that, <laughs> the stuff is just going to be he's like no you need to go to your events you need to go network you need to teach you need to you stay in your lane so if you are a reseller and you are enjoying your lane making your you know five thousand a month or two thousand a month you watch everybody that you want to watch but honey stay in your lane because if not it will ruin you find other ways to monetize yourself you know if you've been if most, I, I say that most of the people that are reselling, the entrepreneurship comes from them wanting more out of life. You know, right. I'm in a meeting. Wish you could all but see Dion's face. Excuse me. I just, I just want to hug and kiss. Oh, I'm coming. A few baby. more minutes. A few more minutes. A few more minutes, my darling. I'll be out. Oh. Um, I don't know what she says. And I'm like, okay. My husband's like, stop it. She needs to learn. Um, but, you know, if you are, if you have that, you have that entrepreneurial spirit. And so there's something else that, yes. Bring her in, Dion. Yes, you can. She just wants, no, she's like, I want applesauce. That's what she really wanted. Yeah, right? She doesn't really miss you. <laughs> At all. Um, and so, you know, if you're reselling, then there's probably something else that you could be doing. You know, don't try to just all make it reselling. Teach a class, do some pop-ups. I know some resellers that really should be doing live sales, that really should be doing pop-ups, that really should be doing, you know how we had like Tupperware parties in the 80s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should be going to house. Like reselling is not their jam. I love to, I love to teach. That's my jam. Some of you need to be doing house calls and house parties and like, that should be your zhuzh. Because if you end up trying to do, you know, I really, especially because Miami has great bins. I'm like, oh, 
dog. If I just went to the bins every day, just every, just five days a week, find some good four stuff. hours. My husband was like, four, you would get locked up in that room and just, <laughs> And then you're listening, and then you know the more you list, the more questions you get. They want a measurement, and they can you try it out of here? Take a picture. I'm <laughs> with you. Part of <laughs> you want me to try on a size two pair of Joe Fresh jeans? No, ma'am, I will not. My left toe can fit in a size two, so right? Can you? Can we? Can you? What does it look like on? I don't know. <laughs> Find a model online. <laughs> Come on, thanks. Have a good day. <laughs> Throw away the phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had a question for you that came to mind when you were talking about retail. And I think there's this trend that we see online and in the reseller community that brick and mortar is dead. Mm. And I don't know if I agree with it because I mm. think brick and mortar is going in a direction and not the traditional yeah. way that we know brick and mortar to be. Do you agree mm -hmm. or do you disagree? Brick and mortar is absolutely not dead, especially to a certain generation and even to the younger generations that are behind us. Because not if you've ever been to Miami, if you've ever been to Sawgrass and see the line outside of the Gucci outlet or my beloved Fendi outlet or Tory Burch, the brick and mortar store is still, people still want to touch it. People still want to feel and experience. People still want sales service. People still want to get into a fitting room people still want to go to go shopping with your girls now malls i think malls are dying but i think these live and workspaces that are that are emerging that's that's the trend um but the mall as we know it is just being i'm not going to say it's dying it's being reconfigured so now you're getting shopping shopping centers on the first floor and then you know the apartment building is going up above it the way that we meet and shop um is still is changing i i'm i can't speak for other cities i know in south florida there's a lot of shopping and dining that's going on and so you know it's just different and then stores are getting more creative if you if any of you doug stevens is is who i follow a lot and read all of his books um and if you ever like you've been to the nike store there are just so many different things that stores can do to bring in traffic, the pop-up shops, the trunk shows. I know down here, there's a, you know, I just went to see Rebecca Minkoff, Bell Harbor yes, down here. Yes. You know, designers are now getting off their butts. They're saying, well, I got to go. After the pandemic, I got to go see my customer. It's yes. no longer a situation where I'm just going to sit here and expect people to buy because I have a name. No, honey, come down here. <laughs> I need to hear your thoughts. Right. Um, we're seeing all these interviewers. If you follow Business of Fashion on YouTube, they're, they're ready and willing to talk to you and come and visit. So I don't think the brick and mortar is dead at all. I think we're just shopping differently. So shopping experiences, that's something that I talk to my retail clients all the time is that you can't just expect for people to come into your store. There are thousands of stores. Like what, what makes you, you know, I, I really cut to the white meat. But it's true. What makes you different? <laughs> what makes me as a consumer while I'm walking around mm -hmm. a shopping complex, want to come into your store? What's going to catch my eye in your window mm -hmm. or your sign mm -hmm. that's going to make me walk in? Because I can mm -hmm. walk by stores all the time. If I'm at an outdoor shopping mall, right? Like an outlet center, mm -hmm. I walk by plenty of stores and I have no interest in walking in. But there are certain ones where I walk by them, like, and I don't even look at the the name. I just see what's in the window. I'm like, oh, I need to go in there. That's really nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that there is something to be said about that. I don't think brick and mortar 
will ever die. I just think it will always evolve and it will always change. Brick and mortar retail stores are now bringing secondhand into their building. Yeah, Macy's, Macy's is doing thread up. Right um, real, real does have is popping up everywhere. I'm waiting for Fashion File, honey, because as a as a bag lover, Fashion File is my fave. Although I do, you know, I thrift and my goods, you know, my designer goods go to the real wheel. And so that's like my designer kitty and I spend from that. And, oh, Fashion File just has my, well, <laughs> my whole is very entire. curated. It's a very it, curated it, uh, yeah. business. And speaking to Sarah on the podcast, which is fascinating because she's an amazing woman. Yes, Sarah yeah. is an amazing woman and she has built an empire that is going to just take off like they are still in the yeah. infancy stage really a fashion yeah. like i mean they've they've yeah. grown but they haven't grown to the point that they can, you know like they're yeah. gonna reach yeah. and probably surpass the real real at some point and i can't believe i'm saying so that true, it's probably I think gonna so happen. yeah i think the only thing that the real will has with fashion fathers that they do have clothing and shoes but even like i'm even with ready to wear and the fashion brands you know when you watch YouTube, there's a lot of bag hauls, there's a lot of shoe yeah. hauls, a lot of jewelry. Yeah. Very rarely do influencers, I can't even say influencers, fashion savvy. Right. You very rarely see a Chanel ready to wear haul Never. or Dior ready to wear haul. It's all, it's most likely going to be a bag because, you know, or a Saint Laurent ready to wear haul or Jack Moose ready to wear haul. You do have those high, those high level bloggers and influencers, lifestyle influencers that do that. And so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the real world navigates that because I really feel like brands, I don't know if you guys know this, but when there's a runway show, not everything that's on the runway gets produced, right? The buyers are the ones at the end that say, I want this one. I want this one. I want this one. I don't want this one. And so if they're cutting back because of the pandemic, that means there's going to be less items for us to consign, for the consumer to consign. So how is a real real going to navigate them cutting back? Even with bags, you know, I went to the Saint Laurent outlet and the bags, they used to be just chock full of bags. Now it's very, you know, sparse. So it's going to be interesting to see how consignment, you know, in two or three years, what that's going to look like, because they're going to be getting the bags or not getting the bags that are not produced now. Does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense. Yeah. And I also think it'll be interesting to see how the real real, because a lot of our listeners do consign with the real real, how yeah. they adapt to these luxury and designers now taking their bags back and saying, okay, give us your bag. Yes. And you can use this. We're going to give you X amount of dollars for it to go to the purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How are they going to handle that? Because that's going to change a lot for them. And with fashion files, both of them. That's gonna change the game, and it's it's already happening. McQueen is doing it. Um, Gucci is now because if you if you search Gucci on Real Real, most of the stuff that you see there is not consigned goods. It's stuff that's come right from Gucci, and so you are now consigning. You know, if I find a Fendi bag or a Gucci bag or whatever, and I send it to the Real Real, and it's up against a brand new bag, and they're gonna price it 
accordingly. Are you going to spend, you know, $500 on a used bag or $500 on this thing that says new with tags? So we just, again, we have to be very, very wise consumers, all resellers, whether you are selling one thing, 10 things, 100 things, you have to be watching Business of Fashion, you have to be watching Lori's channel and getting educated on the retail side so that you are prepared because, you know, whatever is happening, I say this often, other resellers are not my competition. The real real is my competition. ThreadUp is my competition. Yes. Other thrift yes. stores sometimes are my competition because their pricing is just like, you know what? <laughs> when resellers uh -huh. complain about thrift store prices, I'm like, um, but don't you sell it? Don't you buy it? Uh, okay. You get but donated <laughs> goods. Your cost is zero. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's just, yes. Ask grandma. Lord have mercy, Jesus. That's like the fourth time now. It's fine. Um, but it's um, you know, it's they other resellers are not our competition. No, you know, so we have to be educated on what the real real is doing, what fashion file is doing, what thread up is doing. You know, subscribe to WWD. I think it's like twenty dollars. Let me see how much is WWD Women's Wear Daily. I don't know how much it is, but subscribe. Um you need, I think, you I think need. as a as a good baseline for anyone that really wants to thrive and grow in a reselling or fashion realm of some sort, however you decide to label it, uh, build a yeah. brand, maybe you decide you want to start selling your own goods in, in fashion and create, you need to know what's happening you in the world. Point you, do. you do. You don't have to love it. It's part of your market research. Yeah. You have, because when... It doesn't work. You cannot blame the customer. Right. You cannot blame. I cannot blame any customer for not buying something that I priced wrong, that I shouldn't have bought in the first place, right. that was from a defunct brand, that the hem and the seam, I cannot blame the customer for that. And by the way, WWD is $15 a month, $149 a year. So go ahead and just don't subscribe. This is this is not sponsored, but we need to we may need to reach out to WWD. I may have to you know what? I need an affiliate link. Um I get it free from the university. And so that's another benefit of working at universities yeah. as well as going to school is I get all this stuff for free. But I try to share as much well not try. I share as much as I can. I think most people would find it boring, but um I don't find it boring, but I like that yes. kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I love it. But again, you know, we just, you got to be an educated consumer. You got to be an educated reseller, regardless of what you're selling, how much of it you're selling, just stay abreast of it so that, you know, you don't go out there. Like today I went to a thrift store and they had a bunch of, um, oh gosh, was it free people? It was something. Was it joie? Joy, joie, obviously joie, joie. the French joie. Oh, joie. And they had racks and racks and racks of it. I don't know if the store had closed, but it was the old label, because you know they've changed their labels, the old label, and they were making everything 80% off. So that would leave everything at like, you know, 30, 40, 50, you know, because it was like prices, 348, it was a bunch of dresses and coats. If I did not know my brands and if I did not know my labels, I would have looked that MSRP, it would have been like 80% off. Oh my gosh. So if I get it for $4, $40, I can flip it for $120. No. <laughs> I was like, that's an old label. 
That's mm, no. And why I'm are not there so many? Here. That and always needs to be so your many? question. People that what, go to yep. the PJ Maxx and Marshall's yellow tax sales list, and I go to them to an occasion, but I am extremely yeah. selective. If I am searching the racks and I see yeah, one, two, three, four, five of the same thing in different sizes, I'm not picking it up. There's a reason. Why didn't it sell? Why didn't it sell where it was before Correct. it got here? Correct. Oh, no, something's not right. And that's that's really how I came to be where I am in this space of selling what I like, because I've right. done all of that. I've listened to all the videos. I've watched the videos and I've tried. When I was in Chicago, I was trying everything because at that point, you know, I couldn't find a school. No, I could find a school, but nobody was hiring, you know, fashion or merchandising. And so right. at that point, I was just like, I need to press with eBay and Poshmark. And I was, oh my gosh, it was like the worst. I'm telling you, Nicole State was the only one that kept me alive because I was just like, I am not listing. And when she would do these hundred listing challenges and I was like, all right, let's get, I'm sweating. I'm, just, I'm drinking Gatorade. I'm like, I can do it. <laughs> that was Dion's workout. <laughs> that was it. I've tried it, but I've also tried and failed and sat on merchandise. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to those sales. I went and, you know, yellow ticket and, you know, off the Nordstrom rack when they went and did all that. And it didn't work for me. So now I'm like, you know what, if this is going to work or not work, it's going to be because of my own doing. So I'm going to buy what I like and I'm going to get it on, get on YouTube and show my girls, show my guys what I got. And if they like it, fabulous. And if they don't, and it sits, at least I know that I got something that I like. That's not the best business practice. Just <laughs> it it works, there. <laughs> you know, that's my business practice. I can do that. Luckily, my people got me <laughs> mm -hmm. and that's the benefit of being yourself on youtube and not getting up there and lying and no i can do everything that i show if you've watched my channel like if i don't love it if i don't have a reaction especially my fall coats and my capes and my leather oh, you love that's that. me i love it i love it if you don't love it i don't care because i love it so if it sits in my storage unit for six months it'll sell in november okay i know it, i know it's i know it's i know it's june and i just bought this <laughs> It's fine. It doesn't matter. People buy things year round. I, I know. I was listening to your um, last video and you were saying you were selling sweaters. And I said, Lord, let me see. I have to keep my mind because I was like, oh, let me go find some sweat. No. Okay. Let's, think let's, about it. Think like a retailer. Please. What are retailers yeah. getting ready to put out right now? Back to school. And, yeah. You're school right. Ended. Guess what? It's back to school and retail. So. Yeah. 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 Dating They're planning for and it's going to yep. be all fall in the next yeah. in the next week or two. Those are going to start to yeah. see fall filter in. It's already starting to, but you'll see more of it in the next couple of weeks. So yeah. that's the way I just. See, that's good to know. That's why we need your channel, right? Because you're going to educate us on that. Yes, you need. They need to be following you. Um, <laughs> preferably they are. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not, get right, okay? <laughs> get right. Um, but they, you know, that we we have to be. We have to be educated enough to make our own decisions. I will say that and, and figure out what's best for you. Some of you are not supposed to be resellers. Some of you are supposed to be going from door to door and hawking your thrift. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Some of you are supposed to be doing live sales. You know, sometimes it's not that you're, you're, you know, not that you're not supposed to be a reseller. You're just supposed to be reselling in a different way. I think there's a lot of people out there that would do really well at sourcing only and basically yep. being a buyer for resellers because some people yep. have access to some really really great bins or thrift stores that they can mm -hmm. buy things at very affordable rates and people will buy boxes from you 
there's a lot of people that resell that don't have time to go to thrift stores. I hear all the time I, and people, you know, will ask me if I'm doing my not so mystery reseller boxes and I don't do them often. Mm -hmm. I wish I had time to do them all the time as I would, but yeah. um, people look for that stuff. People have children, people have jobs, they want to resell, they enjoy it, but their life doesn't always allow for it. Um, so people are looking for that stuff. I think people should just be buyers. Yeah. I was thinking about doing that because our bins are so good down here. Mm -hmm. My thing is I love everything. It's a problem. <laughs> You can't. I'm like, oh, I would put this in the box, but I love it too much. So I gotta, I gotta sell it. You know what I mean? Like, and and not even that. It's like my style is so different that I think it allows mm -hmm. for YouTube. Mm -hmm. But there's, you know, again, I have to stay in my lane because I would be one of those people who I've done thrift boxes and I've done it. Does it? I'm not gonna say it doesn't work. It's just I need to be with you when you open that box and show you how to do, you know what, that's a revelation. Maybe I do a thrift box with a consultation so that when you open the box, I am there with you. You know, mm. you see that? You know there's some people on Instagram that do different reels and they show how to style pieces. You need yeah. to do that, Dion, because with your knowledge, you could take thrifted pieces and create reels on it or create videos in general and show people of all various yeah. sizes and shapes, right? How yeah. you can style these pieces. You can hire a model if you want, however you wanted to do it. You could style it, you know, you could do like, uh, you know, I guess this, you know, the size six, eights of the worlds and then us yeah. that are all curvier and, you know, us plus size girls and how it looked on a plus size woman. And I think that would be fascinating because I think a lot of people want to dabble in fashion but yeah. don't understand how to dabble in fashion and go to the thrift store and find things that, are vintage or no names, right? No real big yeah. brands. You know, we're talking about like yeah. Chadwick's, Blair, all these different brands. It's still yeah. making those pieces yeah. to create something amazing. It doesn't have to be designer. Most of the pieces, most of my, you know, I'm not fitting ready to wear. So all of my pieces, for the most part, like if it's not ASOS or something like that, they all come from the thrift store. And they're usually just, I am a print girl. I, I, I love, colorful. you love color. Yes. And so, and that's the thing, you know, so when I do a box, if you don't know that and you get this box of color, you're like, what the heck am I supposed I'm like, have you not watched my channel? Do you, <laughs> do you not know me on social media? Do you not know me? And so, you know, I, I've, I've thought about that and I am doing more of those things on my channel, but I want people to realize that I'm in South Florida we do things differently here mm -hmm. plus size women wear two-piece bikinis on the beach and have men after them like white on rice okay mm -hmm. so we're built differently down here we're a little bit more flamboyant and you know very showy very sexy very uninhibited and so you know when i do get on social media and do that and they're like whoa yeah but i'm in south florida mm -hmm. <laughs> You they don't see that around here in Rhode Island. I can tell you that exactly. much. It's very different. Very different. I, and I, I say that all the time. You vacation here, okay? And when you vacation here, how wild you are for that three or four days, that's us 365. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when you're like, yeah, girl, I'm going to Miami. I'm going to Miami. Yeah, we live here. This, yeah. this is what we do every day. <laughs> So like how you're getting the dresses and you're getting the bikinis and you're getting, you're doing brunch. Yeah. That's us on a Tuesday at 3 PM. <laughs> so what when I life. do, <laughs> what a life. it's just different. 
it's different. It's it's fun. It's our culture. It's how we live. But I also want people to be like that because I do have a little Chicago. I have a lot of Chicago in me. When fall, let me tell you something. When the temperature dips, I can't wait. I have all of my cold stuff in the. I cannot wait to touch down. I'm coming up there. I'm coming to Boston. Coming to, to New England. Too. I'm I'm coming. I'm bringing out the Saint Laurent boots, darling. And so, but I want. I want people to have that same Miami confidence wherever you are. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, doesn't matter what you're buying. First of all, the people that you're worried about, you don't know them and they don't know you. Mm-hmm. So if they think, if they think you're fat, if they think you're ugly, if they think, even if they say it, okay, I don't know you. You don't know me. Move along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Peace out. You know, so wear that, wear that too tight dress. Wear that, let it, let, listen, let your arms out. Let the... I'm gonna wear the girdle. I'm always gonna put the girdle on. <laughs> you know, let it out. Be more of yourself. So I am. I am trying. I am attempting to do that because, again, staying in my lane. I know that my channel cannot be sustained by hauls because my hauls are literally like 15, 20 pieces. Right. And I, you know, that 15, 20 pieces is gonna take me a week to list it. <laughs> Like this could not be. I have to teach. I have to consult. I have to style. I gotta do because we selling is just not. I gotta find other ways to make money, darling. Um, and so with my channel, that's that's just me evolving. Like, what else could I give my audience Mm -hmm. that is me? And so maybe I'm showing you things that now when you go out into the thrift store, you're like, you know what? I'm going to pick this up because Dion's saying that this is going to be hot. So like, mm, maybe I need to get this belt. Maybe I need to buy these yellow shoes or these green shoes because she's trendy. She's getting this. So maybe, and I've, I've actually gotten those comments like, oh yeah, I thrifted that and it sold because I saw you uh, style it. And I'm like, Hmm. You have something hmm. there. You definitely have something there. You are a... Um, a wealth of knowledge in your field and you could help a lot of resellers out there Yeah, understand. And a lot of women who don't feel comfortable or confident Mm -hmm. in wearing different things, maybe they want to adventure and, 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 and wear different outfits that never worn before, wear a little more color and you, you help your page uplifts people, right? That is, that's what you you want to show people look at this that I have on, look at all this couple that you can wear, look, you know, you are just great at that. And I love that about you. You know, I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your stories. Um, I love now seeing that you're posting different stories with the designer you're working with. It's fascinating to see that process. It's great. in just another world of fashion. And I mean, I guess you have to appreciate fashion to appreciate those type of things. But if you're feeling, you appreciate fashion to to an extent. You may not understand Mm -hmm. it all, but you appreciate clothing and the product. And that's, you know, I've been working on the lab for probably about two or three months because I know that when I, when I'm talking, like this is, okay, so this is 12, oh, they can't see, but this is 12 degree. This is 12 degree, right? And so every time I I was doing something, I was talking to some, talking on the, um, on my channel, I was saying, you know, it's very reminiscent of Toile de Jouy. Like, this is very reminiscent of, like, Balmain is doing his logo, like Givenchy. And so I realized as I'm saying this, Dion, you need to create something to teach them this, something for them to refer to. And so I've been working on it for, like, three months because I've always wanted a, a fashion school for those who don't want to go to fashion school. For those that are they're fan, they're fashion adjacent. That's what I said. It's like they want to know enough to make money. 
And so I'm I'm continuing to work. It'll probably be launched. My business coach, my business coach would be like, at least be launched by July 1st. But <laughs> it, it's it's gonna it's gonna encompass that because I do want to bring people along and I do want people to feel comfortable confident in their choices for themselves and for their businesses. I was I still I still consider myself a stay-at-home mom in that my schedule revolves around my daughter. My husband has he's a he's an IT professional system administrator. He has that life. My days are they revolve around Riley's schedule. When I work when she's in school. Right. And so, you know, at three o'clock, I become <laughs> mom. And when her, my husband comes home, I become wife. Um, now I'm able to do a little bit more because my father passed. And so now, you know, my mom is aware of my mom. So she couldn't watch Riley. My cousins watch Riley. But I say that to say, I, the work that I do from nine to three or from seven to two, I have to take seriously. Mm-hmm. And I know there are other moms, other wives, other caretakers who don't have time for mistakes. We don't, we don't have the luxury of like mm-hmm. investing a hundred dollars, $500 and having it fail. We don't have that. Right. <laughs> it's gonna, We got to pay bills. Like right. I know exactly. we spend a thousand dollars on this palette and if it don't work, it don't work. Nah, baby, if it don't work, we don't eat. We're kicked out the house. Exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> I don't know what that, I don't know what that is. You know what I mean? Yep. And so I, you know, the lab for me is a place where people can come and get that education so that they don't make those mistakes. I don't want you to, I want when you make a decision or you make a purchasing decision, you make it having absolute knowledge that this is the right purchase for you and you know how you're going to flip it, whether you are going to do eBay, Poshmark, Etsy. If you if you want to launch a, a, a Tupperware type business, Avon type business, if you want to do live sales, I don't know if you follow Tamara from um, City Girl Style, but oh, she's yeah. the queen. She's the queen of live sales, and I think I'm actually like you were saying, just be a buyer. I think I may just go to the bins and just give it to her. Just be like, I got that. Got the shop. Got <laughs> the shop. Listen, I could be at the bins all day. I'm not listing one thing. So I think. <laughs> I think because she is great. When you watch her live sales, you're like, yes, here's my credit card, honey. That's her grace. And so I just want people to be able to make that decision and make it confidently. And when it comes to style, there is no woman out there that should feel horrible about our bodies. Like there's just no, especially for a stranger. It'd be different if my husband says something about my body. Well, actually, I wouldn't care. I'd just find another one. I was going to say, bye. (laughs) I'm like, well, you don't like it, but he does. Um, (laughs) He does, he doesn't. I'm in Miami, honey, okay? I was going to say, you're in Miami. You got no problem. They come from from vacation. So like in Argentina, Venezuela, Colombia, okay? They're here looking for it. So say what you want about it. Um, But, you know, I say that to say, you know, if the person that's sharing a life with you is, you know, as long as he think I'm like, even if he didn't like no no honey where whatever you will life we know we know we've lost our life 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 ends like we're really not staying here for a long time some of us are in our second quarter third some of us are out the door tomorrow we don't know like you know what happened in south florida the big tragedy that we're having right now with this collapse like you have no idea you have no idea and you're not going to wear that two-piece honey wear the (laughs) two-piece It's wear true. the two piece, wear it and do not give a darn. 
It's your body. You wear what you want and you rock it. And you know what? When you rock it and you rock it in confidence, you attract certain people into your life. Mm-hmm. It's very you're thinking, you're thinking that when you rock it, that people are going to make fun of you. They're going to laugh at you. And some will. But there's going to be the other people that be like, you my people. You mm-hmm. my girl. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. So wear it. Wear it. Like you and these eyes. I just keep looking at these eyes. I'm about to go buy some contacts, girl. <laughs> Dion, thank you so much for coming on. I would, I mean, we could keep talking for three hours, but you know, you got a daughter. I'm coming back. When Lord, listen, this is going to be a monthly show. Okay. Can we add me to the, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. We can do it because honestly, this conversation keep going. There's just so many different facets of the conversation we can go into because there's just so much. There is so much when it comes to fashion and, um, and building a brand. Because I think yeah. a lot of resellers since the pandemic want to build a brand, but they don't know how. Yeah. Because when you think reselling, you think eBay, you think Poshmark, you think Macari, you think of all these platforms, and people forget there's other ways yeah. to be a reseller. There are definitely other ways, and you can teach reselling. Like I said, you can go from door to door, house to house. You can get a brick and mortar. Like the 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 world is your oyster. You can do so much. Just figure out what your lane is and what you like to do and just do that. Yeah. Just do that. Don't do anything else. And if don't push it. If if something does not work, like if you get a headache every time it's time for you to list, guess what? It may you may like Daniela suggested, you may just need to be a buyer and find somebody who does live sales and do it on consignment. You know, they take 25, 30, 50 mm-hmm. and you take your portion. And let let that be it. Learn what your lane is. And I'm so grateful, you know, for you and Lori, you know, being on YouTube and having, you know, this podcast so that we can sit and learn from you so that we don't have to make those mistakes and we can learn through you what our lane is. You know what I mean? Like we'll watch and be like, you know what? I think I do like that. But oh, no, I don't like that part. Oh, yeah, I do like that part. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for you guys and in, in creating this platform. It's a blessing to me. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's like when people say these things, it's like, oh, but I'm just this little old part-time seller that, you know, but I, we all have experiences, right? And, and I think what makes this podcast different is that Lori's full-time and she was a stay-at-home mom and this has kind of been her fun thing. And now it's her business, right? She's grown into YouTube and different things. And I yeah. come in from the part-time realm, always resold things usually to buy things for myself or, you know, pay for bills and whatnot. And now creating it into a brand and, and taking this money that I'm making and saving and paying off things and, you know, two different journeys, but experiences that can be shared and that can relate to everyone. And that's really what this podcast. And I think what our YouTube channels are really all about is just how can we bring people in and have them relate to what we're doing and show that you don't have to do it one way. Cause I feel like um, the Instagrams of the world make you feel like you have to do things one way. Yeah. Not how it is. No. I, and I listen, if anybody needs to have somebody to amen, I cannot list more than five things at a, when I see people, with the, and I have a storage unit, okay, for my stuff. But when I see the storage unit, and when I see when when I see those Instagram pictures with like fifty boxes and bags, who bagged it? Who tagged it? Who put the shipping labels on? Who did that? When I just I just mailed off some things today. I had four items shipped, and I promise you, it took me like an hour and a half. Oh yeah. my god. 
God. <laughs> I, I put it up. And I was like, oh my God, I got to go to the storage unit. I got to go get it. Oh, Jesus. I'm at the storage unit, like, do, 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 do. <laughs> so when I see them, I get anxiety. I'm like, who bagged that stuff? Who listed it? I'm like, oh, no. They hired people. That's who. I don't want to hire anybody. You got to watch the people you're hiring. Yeah. You got to train them. I know. You got to train them. You got to trust them. Are you really working? What you doing over there? Are you really taking pictures of you on Instagram? No. Just like some people can't be like when, I, you know, when I'm teaching and um, I know we got to end this, but I'm like, when I'm teaching. I mean, we really don't have to, but. Let's get the line out. Um, you know, when I'm, you know, talking to students and I'm online and I'm creating stuff and I'm like I don't know how you deal with these students or even with the designers he hears me talking to him and reasoning he's like I don't know how and I was like that's my lane I know how to manage the crazy so I can talk to them and pull them off the ledge and that's why I cannot do reselling full-time the way that I see it done on the gram and on YouTube it makes me yep yeah I could never do it either I could do, I could build my own brand and sell things and, and teach and do all that kind of stuff, right? I wouldn't just yeah. do reselling. I could do that all day long, but to just yeah. resell all day? Mm -mm. Yeah. And I say, you know, I, I say all that in the same vein, you do what you have to do when you have right. to do it. Pay the bills. When I was in Chicago, listen, I, but again, I had to have Nicole on YouTube playing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Nicole, we're about to do this hundred. We're about to do this 200. We're about to, let's get it. Or the deal queen, everybody that was doing these listing challenges when I was in Chicago, if I did not have them, it would not happen. I was not doing it. Cause after like 10 items, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Where's my money? Why is stuff not selling? Why do I not make the $2,000 a day? I've listed 10 items. Where's my $2,000 a day? Right. I would love $2,000 a day. Tell me how to get there. Oh my gosh. Oh Lord. But yes, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just so grateful for you guys. I of really course. am. Well, thank you. We are excited. I know Lori's not here, but she is equally as excited that you're on this yeah. podcast. We will definitely have you back and then we'll do us three will get together and do a wine and something on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. So tell the people where they can find you on Instagram, YouTube, all those things. I'm going to leave Dion's links down below too in the show notes. You guys can find her that way, but let's tell the people. So my blog is, or my website, DionDean.com. Um, for my creative work, um, personal styling, photo shoot styling, retail consultancy, and social media consultancy, that's a DionDeanCreative.com. And then my lab, which prayerfully will be up and running. It's actually, you can see the frame of it now, um, but it is a membership site. It's going to be either $10 or $15 a month. Okay. Um, that's DionDeanLab.com. And right now, the way it's structured in my brain, and that's why it hasn't fully launched. I'm thinking that it's going to be like fashion studies and reseller or retailing and merchandising. I don't know what that space is going mm. to be like. And my block, you know, my, I don't, my coach, Violet Dayala, um, femcity.com. She's amazing. Um, she's always talking about the blocks. And so I have a block there of if I want to talk about reselling or do I want to talk about retailing and merchandising? I don't quite know if I'm the person that needs to talk about reselling. However, 
if I do talk about reselling, and maybe you guys can tell me, if I do talk about reselling, I don't want it to be reselling in terms of eBay and Etsy. In it the will traditional be sense that people would think of. Right. It's going to be how to do resale, whether it's eBay, Etsy, live sales. Um, I don't want to call it house calls, but like Avon, oh, but like you know, pop up shops, fairs, pop -up shop, yeah, artisan like that, type festivals. Uh, yeah, exactly. Hmm. Um, but it's definitely there's definitely a fashion studies component where I'm just talking about design history and you know the different logos and everything that I'm studying in my graduate work. That's where I'm going to put it. Um, so it's really going to be a way to plug resellers to take that course because if you don't know labels <laughs> and you're afraid to pick up luxury, I know people that are petrified to pick up luxury designer because mm -hmm. they have no idea. Yeah. So there you go. So it's going to be fashion studies and then like. I just need to figure out the other part, the fashion studies part. I know exactly because mm -hmm. I, you know, Albert Albaz just passed away from Long Vance. I want to talk, you know, I want to have something on him and Alaya, and because I reference these people all the time. I just need to figure out what the retailing, merchandising, or reselling part will be, and what I want to talk about in there. Because you know, this opinion? Good. Oh, uh, let me receive hands up. Tell me, I would go the resale route because resale is projected to boom in the next five years. And if you mm. are trying to intrigue people to start to get into that market or to learn about that market so they can grow their brand and their business, they're going to want to yeah. get in the resale market in some whatever capacity, right? That is yeah. because the trend is going up. We already saw it last year. May it already yeah. started going up, but it's going to continue to boom because of mm. these Gen Zers that don't understand. But because of them they kind mm -hmm. of push the movement and now you're seeing millennials you know yeah. our generation start to take on that and then you know the older generation me i mean they're, they're there but it's more out of necessity not because they enjoy it unless they did it when they were younger kind of thing so yeah, it's going to be yeah. i just think the space is growing and mm -hmm. if you can get in there and teach people about it and have yeah. people understand what it actually means to be in the yeah. market, I just think you have more opportunity. But that's my opinion. What do I know? I agree. I agree. I just think my I really have that block of well, I don't want Yeah, exactly. And I don't want people joining thinking that I'm going to teach them how to make six figures. In that, I can teach you how to make six figures, but it will not be in right. reselling the way that you know. Right. It may be pop-up shop. It may be trunk shows. I can teach you how to make six figures there because that's what I do all day long. Yes. But it's I, that's the block is reselling versus retail. Because in my brain, it's all retail. So maybe it just eBay. needs a new name. It needs a new name. I need to trademark something. It needs <laughs> a, a new name. Woman. It, it needs, needs a new, a new name, name that can be trademarked. And maybe it starts a different movement. Because I don't think people Ooh. see retail and resale together, but it is. Thank it's one thing. Yeah. Think Maybe I just make retail and retail and resale, and then try to figure out a word and trademark it and mm -hmm. make some making big moves. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, you know I like to make the money. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, I think I I got you. 
I'm going to, so I say that to say DionDeanLab.com. And I'm going to be starting a book club that should be starting within a week because I oh, want nice. people to start reading. Because I'm thinking it's summer, you want something yeah. to read, you know, maybe yeah. you meet, read the Rebecca Minkoff book that I just got. or Have you started it yet? Reading. How is it? I haven't started it, okay. but I just learned, I learned a little bit more about her brand. To be honest, I have Rebecca Minkoff stuff here. I have um, bags here. I sold stuff to the real world. I bought stuff and sold stuff yeah. back. And in my brain, her brand, you know, that love bag is a copy of the Chanel boy, right? Yeah. A lot of her stuff were kind of copies. But when I listened, or dupes, not copies, when I listened to her thought process that she wanted to make luxury attainable, and she wanted to make leather bags that were great quality. They gave you the same feel. And so I said, okay, I got you, Rebecca. I see you. I mm-hmm. see you. So, you know, after going to that event and I was like, okay, I want to, I want to learn more about, about her business. So we might do that book and it just be a, an easy read, just something to light and easy to make us make resellers feel that you are a part of, of yeah. retail. So, yeah. I love it. So, yeah. So many great things coming your way. So I will leave all of Dion's information in the show notes. Make sure you follow her on Instagram because she posts some really fun stories all the time. So, and it was a pleasure to take time out of our day. Yes, we could do this all. You know what? Just call me later, girl. We can do this every day. Every Friday at 7 p.m. Every Friday at 7 p.m. Let's get it. We will chat. That's going to be the plan. Sorry, guys, you're not invited. Just kidding. Just kidding. I think we'll do some other special things with Dion. When she starts launching her things, we will we'll figure something out. We'll get you on the Patreon and we'll we'll do some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we will collaborate. But all right, guys, I will talk to you next week with Laurie. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. This is just a reminder that Thrifters Villa's Patreon is officially live. You can find us on patreon.com backslash Thrifters Villa. It is just $5 a month where we're going to offer you bonus content, extra episodes, a free downloadable a month, and live events. So make sure to check us out there and we will see you next week.